Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Informed Catholic Podcast. This is going to be episode 123. My name is Net Jabbar. So, this is going to be for the Feast of the Assumption. This is August 15th. So, let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Entrance Antiphon, taken from Revelations chapter 12, chapter 12, verse 1. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon beneath her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. Let us all rejoice in the Lord as we celebrate the feast day in honor of the Virgin Mary, at whose assumption the angels rejoice and praise the Son of God. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri Elision, Christe Elision, Kiri Elision. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us, you take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayers. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Almighty, ever-living God, who assumed the Immaculate Virgin Mary, the Mother of your Son, body, soul, into heavenly glory, Grant, we pray, that always attentive to the things that are above, we may merit to be sharers of her glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our first reading is going to be from the book of Revelation. Uh, chapter 11, verse 19, 12, and to verse 1. So it's going to be from chapter 11 to 19, and from chapter 12 to verse 1, 6 to 10. All right, so let's begin. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet. A reading from the book of Revelation, which is also known as the Apocalypse. God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant could be seen in the temple. A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman 
clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child, and wailed aloud in pain, as she labored to give birth. Then another sign appeared in the sky. It was a huge dread dragon, with seven heads and ten horns, and on its head were seven didiums. Its tail swept a third of the stars in the sky and hurled them down to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman, about to give birth, to devour her child. When she gave birth, she gave birth to a son, a male child, destined to, to rule the nations with an iron rod. Her child was caught up to God and, and his throne. The woman herself fled into the desert, where she had a place prepared by God. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have salvation and power come, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his anointed one. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The responsorial psalm is going to be from Psalm 45. And the response is going to be, The queen stands at your right hand arrayed in gold. Once more, Psalm 45. The queen stands at your right hand arrayed in gold. The queen takes her place at your right hand in gold of Ophir. The queen stands at your right hand arrayed in gold. Hear, O daughter, and see, turn your ear, forget your people and your father's house. The queen stands at your right hand arrayed in gold. So shall the king desire your beauty, for he is your Lord. The queen stands at your right hand arrayed in gold. They are born in with gladness and joy. They enter the, pl the palace of the king. The queen stands at your right hand arrayed in gold. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our second reading is from uh, the first book of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 20 to 27. Christ, the first fruits, then those who belong to him. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brethren, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead came also through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so too in Christ shall all be brought to life. But each one in proper order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to his God and Father, when he has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he subjugated everything under his feet. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Mary is taken to heaven. 
A chorus of angels exalts, Alleluia, Alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 1, verse 39 to 56. Glory to you, O Lord. The Mighty One has done great things for me. He has raised up the lowly. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste, to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And then Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant from this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm, and, he, and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones, and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. And Mary remained with her, that is Elizabeth, about three months, and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so now we're in the Feast of the Assumption. Uh, I was recently told that um, since we're, the pandemic began, uh, especially in New York, uh, that the obligation, that is the Holy Day of Obligation, has been removed by the bishops. Um especially for Sundays still. Like, in other words, we're not obligated to attend Mass on Sundays. But uh, I did attend Mass uh, Saturday evening uh, for the, uh, you know, for the Feast of the Assumption. And so you can still get the indulgence, the plenary indulgence, uh, plenary indulgence for the uh, attending Mass, especially even for Sundays as well. Um, and, um, you could say a prayer for the Pope as well as you can for any other personal intent intentions and you can get the graces for it. But, um, all right, so let's begin. Let's go into the meaning of the assumption of Mary. Um, all right. So the assumption of Mary into heaven often shortened to the assumption is according to the beliefs of the Catholic Church, Eastern Orthodox Churches, and Oriental Orthodoxy. 
among others, the bodily taking up of Mary, the mother of Jesus, into heaven at the end of her earthly life. Um, you know, it's uh, often called the Feast of the Assumption uh, of the Virgin Mary of our Lord Jesus Christ, falling asleep of the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is uh, often, I think, referred to as the Dormation. Um, in the church calendar, um, and even the Anglican Communion, uh, Eastern Orthodox Churches calendar, Oriental Orthodox Churches, Reformed Orthodox Churches. I got to look into that one more. And uh, it's often falls under uh, August 15th. Uh, in the churches that observe it, the Assumption is a major feast day commonly called, uh, celebrated, I'm sorry, on August 15th in many countries. The feast is also marked as a holy day of obligation in the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church teaches as dogma that the Virgin Mary, having completed the course of her earthly life, was assumed bodily and soul into heavenly glory. This doctrine was dogmatically defined by Pope Pius XII on the 1st of November in 1950 in the Apostolic Constitution let me see if I can pronounce this correctly. Manifestium <laughs> Muni Fencestiamos Dios by exercising infallible uh, papal infallibility. While the Catholic Church and Eastern Orthodox Churches believe in the dormation of the Mother of God, dormation of, of the Theotokos or the falling asleep of the Mother of God, whether Mary had physically physical death has not been dogmatically defined in the Pope in the uh, in in cyclical the uh, the dogma of the Pope, which I'm not going to try to pronounce. I already failed. Item thirty nine. Pope Pius the twelfth pointed pointed to the Book of Genesis chapter three verse fifteen as a scriptural support for the dogma. Hold on here. Let's look into it a little bit. Hold on. Okay, hold on. Yeah, here. Um, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. He shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Okay, so that was uh, basically looked at as the... Um, as part of the prophecy, a scriptural support for the dogma in terms of Mary's victory over sin and death through her intimate association with the new Adam, Christ, as also reflected in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. This is uh, St. Paul's writing. The New Testament contains no explicit narrative about the death of Dormation nor the Assumption of Mary, but several scriptural passages have been theologically interpreted to describe the ultimate fate in this and, after, and, and the afterworld of the Mother of Jesus. Various apocryphal documents do contain narrations 
uh, apocryphal document or do contain narrations of the event. Now, of course, we read the part of the um, the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation of the woman with the 12 stars on her head, covered with the sun, with the moon under her feet. And there are scriptural passages. You can go back to the book of Genesis with uh, Enoch, one who walked with God. Walked with God is uh, a belief that interpreted as one who was very deeply intimate, close with God, uh, spiritually, supernaturally, that his whole life was, was deep into God. So walking with God, and then he was no more. Uh, that's interpreted he was taken up into heaven. And then there's the um, Moses after Moses' death um, that uh, Moses, um, Michael, the archangel, came to take Moses' body into heaven. The word assumption is, is referred to a, a mortal, one who is human, because human beings can't assume themselves into heaven. Ascension refers to a divine being like our Lord, who is God, who can both come down from heaven and go back into heaven. So that's the, the thing. Elijah, the prophet Elijah, was another one who um, was taken to heaven. Assumption of Elijah. There's icons of this. You can see icons in, in the Eastern churches, um, as well as Oriental churches, where Elijah goes up into heaven uh, on a fiery chariot, which is, you know, each one has an, has a meaning to why it's different. Um, Enoch was a holy, probably the closest to a Christ-like figure in his age before the flood. This, this assumption took place before the flood. And then you have Moses who was also deep, deeply close with God. And the Jews don't even know where he was buried because he was so highly revered that they could have taken, you know, because remember the, that generation came out of Egypt and they were still very pagan, though they were, you know, learning to be close to God. And the generation before them, their families came out of Egypt, was deeply, deeply still paganistic. And the first generation was so dependent on him that they could have fallen into paganism, worshiping the body of Moses. Um, Elijah was a reformer in his day, challenging uh, beliefs of gods. Um, you know the you know the Israelites were were going into heresy. They were going into paganism. They were sacrificing their children they, to to Baal. Um, Jezebel brought him in. And remember what happened, of course, uh, Solomon, he married pagan wives and allowed them to bring their gods, even though he promised, he, he wanted wisdom from God. Unfortunately, um, Solomon proved he's just a man, even with all the wisdom in the world. Without love for God, it means nothing. And that's exactly what happened. Um, now there's talks and believes that possibly St. Joseph, because we don't have a tomb of St. Joseph. We don't have a tomb or shrine to the Virgin Mary. Remember, you can hear sirens in the background. I am in Brooklyn. So it's a Sunday morning. 
um, it's it's obvious um, that we we don't have we don't have any relics of her. There, you know, there are places where they believe it's like in the uh, the Loretto house uh, is the the original house of the Virgin Mary, the Holy Family in Nazareth, but we don't have anything like a lock of hair. We don't have uh, a cloth. We don't have bone. We don't have anything. Even of St. Joseph, which I think shows proof. Let the siren pass. So that's that's a very important thing, is that we don't have these things, which shows, I think, very interesting. Because you know how in the Catholic Church, Orthodox churches, relics... Yeah, relics are sort of a big thing. They're they're they they are a big thing, but when it comes to the Virgin Mary, no relics. When it comes to Saint Joseph, no relics. There's beliefs that some that there are uh, relics of Saint of uh, Saint John the Baptist, and we know we have relics uh, that's believed we have relics of um, Saint Peter. Recently, the Holy Father gave some of St. Peter's bones to the Orthodox Church. Um, and we know that there are relics of Mark, uh, the the founder of the Coptic Church, the, the father of the Coptic Church. We know there are relics of him. There's some believe who have relics of, of Mary Magdalene, but no relics of the Mother of God, no relics of St. Joseph. All right. So there are beliefs that Joseph, that the day Christ our Lord passed on the cross, the tombs of the saints were open. Now, notice in, in the Gospels, it often says the word saints. It says the words of the dead in some translation or the saints, and they presented themselves to the city. This is obviously a very Christian reference using the term saints or holy ones. So you see that this practice, this belief, and that they also went into heaven because it's believed that our Lord went down to the dead to uh, a place that, that the holy ones were waiting and broke the, the hold of them and brought them into heaven. Now, it's already believed, we see this in, in, in the Gospels where on the Mount of Transfiguration, you'll see... Um, Moses and Elijah discussing this is this is another proof of intercession of saints talking to our Lord discussing concerned of how he will achieve his Passover or Exodus some translations would use Passover or Exodus from Jerusalem and he he decided to have a private audience with them that give them the private audience that they requested so that's proof of intercession of saints. That's proof that for us, the dead are concerned, the, not the dead, forgive me, the saints, the holy ones, are concerned with the well-being of those on earth. Intercession of saints is real. When you look up that passage, look it up in Luke, look it up in Matthew, I believe you can, look, you can definitely look it up in Mark, and you will you will read it how each one there's some wordings a little different that's okay 
but the intercession of saints, the concern, their concern for our well-being is important to them of those on earth. So that's something to, to really feel proud of, to really feel comforted that the saints do care. So the meaning of the sun that uh, of the uh, surrounding the Virgin Mary is basically the fact that she herself is constantly covered with the glory of God, with the glory of her son. She's deeply connected. The moon under her feet is often interpreted by church fathers and many theologians as the destruction of paganism. Some would, would refer to Islam because Islam uses the crescent moon, but it's often referred to heresies, blasphemous teachings, as well as paganism, the destruction of paganism. The, the, the crown of 12 stars on her head symbolize okay, uh, all the 12 apostles. Okay, and then she's in labor. It's both the symbol of the Virgin Mary as well as the symbol of the church. Now, in her earthly life, some theologians do not believe that she went into any physical pain because that is that is the state of sin. And since the Lord Jesus has no sin attached, uh, there's no sin in him. He's the one who takes away sin. And her relationship with him is deeply attached. And so therefore, she is the Immaculate Conception. So no sin touched her. So they don't believe that what they believe is the term that she's in deep in labor is that the fact that the church is waiting to be delivered, delivered from its trial on earth, its trial and ready to be taken up to heaven. She gives birth, obviously. It's a reference to the, the incarnation. She does give birth to a man-child who will rule the world. Right, and that's Christ. There's, there's hidden. There's two double meaning. There's two things going on in this passage. Then you have the red dragon. Now there's two meanings here. One is the red. Uh, red remember, uh, Adam, Esau. Well, Herod the Great was a descendant of Esau. This is important, and Herod persecuted the Christ in his birth references to what happened in Matthew and later on of course the dragon is constantly also persecuting the church the child is assumed into heaven but the church is still on earth remember Jesus did go to heaven but Mary remained and was there even at the the, the birth of the church in Pentecost Remember what happened at the foot of the cross, right? She interceded in, in Cana of Galilee. She interceded for the marriage of the, the, the wedding for them that, because they had no more wine. She was there at Pentecost. She was also there at the foot of the cross. Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. And from that hour, he took her into his home. This obviously means that she will always be deeply, deeply in, uh, invested 
and concerned and, you know, and constantly involved with the church, even after her, um, I guess you can say, assumption, right? Whether it's domation or assumption, we, you know, she went and she was taken up into heaven and she's still involved. We still have um, Marian apparitions once, whenever God blesses us with it. That's why I always look at the, the the appearance Mary's visitation to Elizabeth as sort of like a foreshadowing of Marian apparition. She visits Elizabeth. She's concerned about Elizabeth. She flies to the highlands of Judea to, to visit Elizabeth. And she was there until obviously the child was born. And she's been showing, you know, you know, that was I always saw that as a as a foreshadowing of of apparitions. Of apparitions like Lourdes or uh Fatima or appearance in Mexico for uh, the Lady Guadalupe and you know other other apparitions. It's you know, it just seems you know, it just seems to fit it because she didn't, I don't think she had to go, but she did. She wanted to go. She had this urgency to go, to be with her cousin Elizabeth, to be there with her, to share the joy with her. And we see this, you know, the book of Revelation shows her fleeing into the desert. Now, Jesus himself the Holy Spirit pushed him into the desert. It seems to have a very similar uh, part to it. It has a it does a similarity. In other words, to to go out and preach the gospel in the wilderness of the world. She is our mother, and she also has a deep connection with the church. She was there in Pentecost at the birth of the church when the Holy Spirit came. She was there at the incarnation from the very beginning when Gabriel was with her. You know, when Gabriel visited her, excuse me. And then she was there with Elizabeth and she's still here with us. She's still our mother and we are her children. I think that's good. That's that, that's a good way of looking at it. I'm not, I'm not a, a theologian, but I do a lot of reading and I think I can make safe interpretations like this. And I think, you know, we all can. All right. So let's go to our final part of the mass, at least on podcast. All right. So let's begin with the creed. I believe in one God, the father almighty maker of heaven and earth of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. 
He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the, whole, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's um, first uh, let's say Hail Mary for the church, uh, for the elderly, those who are alone, um, those who not who have not been able to attend mass, uh, who um, you know haven't received the sacraments in a while. Um, let's say Hail Mary for them. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now at the hour of our death. Amen. And also, um, let's say a, a, a Hail Mary for our Holy Father, Pope Francis. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now at the hour of our death. Amen. And uh, let's say a Hail Mary for all our priests and for the bishops. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. And let's say a Hail Mary for, um, for our country and for the president. And uh, hopefully everything stays safe uh, for... Uh, those who have suffered during the pandemic. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. And uh, a Hail Mary for all those who have suffered financially, who are facing eviction, uh, who have been laid off, furloughed. I know quite a few people, especially from my place of work, um, who are um, facing unemployment, let's say a Hail Mary for them, please. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And um, I wish to say a Hail Mary for President Trump because he just lost his brother, came to New York, his brother was ill, so let's say a Hail Mary for his brother and for the president. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And now we'll end it with an Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
Okay, folks, um, it's going to be a little longer than usual, this podcast episode. Um, please uh, share and uh, subscribe. Uh, it would help a great deal. Uh, it will let um, Anchor, Google Podcasts, especially Spotify, uh, that you like this podcast. And if you can share it with others, it will be great. Uh, I'll get back to you soon and stay safe and God bless.